Happy Sunday. <laughs> happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Hey, this is Pastor Stacy. Welcome to Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday because every day is Sunday. The podcast based on the daily devotional, the new daily devotional, Happy Sunday, because every day is Sunday. Every day we wake up is S-O-N day. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I love you. And I'm hoping that you're blessed today, and I'm hoping that you know that you are good enough. You don't have to be perfect, but you are good enough, which makes you perfect in Christ Jesus, right? When God created everything, if you look at Genesis, he says, this was good, and that was good, and it was good. Hey, we were good. Never did he mention perfect, not until Christ Jesus got here. And that's when he started saying, hey, be ye perfect, like your father in heaven is perfect. So in the name of Jesus Christ, be perfect, right? Be perfect. The Galatians in uh, chapter three, verses one through five. Oh, foolish Galatians. This is Paul writing to those folks. He said, who have bewitched you? I'm talking in the King James English, if you don't understand it, that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, received ye the Holy Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? Have ye suffered so many things in vain, if it yet be in vain? He, therefore, that ministers to you in the spirit, to you the spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Oh, King James can be so tough. Well, Paul, St. Paul, was writing to the Galatians in the town of Galatia. Uh, he had you know, converted a lot of the Galatians to Christianity. And so he had taught them that you no longer have to try to be perfect under the law, uh, the Jewish law, and have to obey all of these laws and trying to get to heaven because you see you can't do it. So he said, hey, you know, he taught them to come to Christ Jesus because all of those sins that we have, all of these things that we can't keep, and all of these sins that keep popping up, they're forgiven in Christ Jesus. So we come to him and we don't have to focus on keeping the law. We keep our faith in him and he will give us the power and the spirit to keep the law and to work towards perfection where we can keep the law through his power and his might. So he was trying to teach them that. And so, you know, he walks away and thinking that, you know, they've pretty much been taught that. And then he finds out, you know, from different sources that they're starting to believe that, you know, they have to try to be perfect again and obey all these laws and things like that. So he says, Who's be who has bewitched you? Who's gotten to your head and changed everything? And that's what's happening to us today. The same thing. Who has gotten into your head to make you think you have to be perfect in yourself? You are perfect in Christ Jesus, and it's a maturation process. You are maturing is what that word perfect uh, translated uh, into perfect. It means maturing, to grow into. You are, you, you are growing into the perfection that you have. Think about my house. I don't own my house. I tell people I own the house, but actually I have a mortgage. The bank owns the house. They purchased the house, and then they said, hey, you can live in it, and you pay me the mortgage money, what I paid, plus interest, the principal plus interest. And so that's what I pay, and then up until the time that I finished paying it off, that last day, I would have completed paying the mortgage, and that's when I fully own the house. But I, quote, unquote, own it, right? 
And that's the same thing with the spirituality that we have in Christ Jesus, the perfection that we have in him. One day we will be, will be made perfect by him. We will not have a spot or wrinkle because the power of the Holy Spirit will make us like him and we will be one like him. We will be on his level in the air, meeting him with the other saints. But for now, we work our way towards the sky. We work our way towards that perfection. We grow in him. And it's the same way as the paying the mortgage off. We're paying the principal, which is, hey, he loved us. We love others. He forgave us. We forgive others. So we follow him and we act like him. That's the principle. Plus, we do it with interest because he said, remember that we would do greater works because he was going to heaven. So we're doing greater works and our interests, the greater works are in other people and the things of God. We have an interest in the things of God. We have an interest in people. So we're doing greater works. So we have to protect the thoughts that we have in Christ Jesus. And the thoughts in Christ Jesus should be we have perfection in him because he has perfected us. When he was on that cross, he said, this is finished. It is finished. And those Jews who were around the cross, they would have understood that he was re referring back to a time when the Jewish priest would go into the uh, uh, tabernacle and there would be a room that only the high priest could go into one time a year. And he would lay the blood of the sacrificed lamb on the altar. And that would atone for the sins of the people for the year. And he would come back out and he would say, Tetanai. And Tetanai means it's finished. So those Jews around the cross, they knew that Jesus was saying, it's finished. What's finished? Our perfection in him. All the work that we have to do to try to be good before God, it has been finished by Christ Jesus on the cross. So let that in your mind and don't let anything steal it from you. Be like those exploding ants. They have these exploding ants. They're worker ants. In this particular species, the worker ants guard the, the colony's front door. And so if there's some other predator or there's some enemy that comes to the front door of the colony, that worker ant will start fighting it and it'll bite down on it. And if it's losing the fight or if it appears to, that it, it won't be able to keep the enemy out of the colony, that ant will reach up its hind part, its abdomen, and it will put, his, put it as close to the enemy as possible, and it'll blow itself up. And all this gooey yellow goo will come out, and the yellow goo is, is this awful, uh, a poisonous-like uh, bitter substance that enemies don't like. And so they leave the colony. So it explodes, killing itself and sacrificing itself. It, it coats the adversaries with this toxic yellow goo, goo, goo. And it's the ultimate act of self-sacrifice to protect its colony. And that's what we need to have. That's how we need to protect our mind. We need to bite down on our faith. And we need to say, hey, you know what? If something is trying to get into my mind, into my heart, and make me believe anything other than my perfection in Christ Jesus, then I'm going to explode into praise. I'm going to explode into faith. I'm going to explode into thanksgiving. I'm going to explode into the things of God, right in the face of whatever is trying to enter into me and steal my joy, enter into me and steal my peace. I'm going to be just like those exploding ants. I'm going to explode again in praise for Christ Jesus. Again, there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friend. Be your own best friend. Lay down your life, your entire life for Christ Jesus. And again, explode in the things of God. And that'll keep all the things that are trying to steal the things of God in you out from, uh, from getting in you. So again, God inhabits our praise. So in times of trouble, explode into them. If the enemies uh, survive that first line of defense with the exploding ants, then they come to face to face with the colony's major workers and their enlarged plug-shaped heads. 
and they're known as doorkeepers because these ants barricade the nest entrance and they provide again a second line of defense their heads are so big that they shove them into this doorway and the enemy can't get in yeah he may have gotten past this praise yeah he may have gotten past this thanksgiving yeah he might have gotten past all that joy i had in church or or at some celebration and now it's monday and and and, and they're coming to, they're coming for me at work now it's monday they're coming for me at school now it's monday and you know they're coming for me in the community they're coming for me they're coming for me but i've got this second line of defense and that's my head and my heart and it's full and my mind is stayed on the holy spirit my mind is stayed on christ jesus and as long as my mind is stayed on christ jesus then the peace of god which passes all understanding it'll keep me and it'll keep whatever is trying to get inside of me that's contrary to the word of god outside of me so when our thoughts are full of god's promises there's no room for doubt to squeeze in there's no room for fear to squeeze by so block the door of your mind with the word of God. Pick up heavy doctrine and set it behind the door when worries are trying to push through. I was watching a movie the other night and, and, and these folks were being evicted and they started pushing things up against the door and the people outside trying to get in to evict them were, were, couldn't see what they were doing. And they kept saying, what is going on? We can't get in here. And they're banging on the door and they're kicking. And when they finally got in there because the police came and, and made the people move the, the items from the door, they were like, oh my God, look at all this stuff was stacked, these heavy items on the other side of the door. We would have never gotten here. And it, it just reminded me, we have to do the same type of thing. We have to put the the, the, the doctrine of, of Jesus Christ behind the door. We have to put, to put our faith. We have to put our peace. We have to put our trust in the Lord. We have to put all these things that we have in the Lord. We put those at the door of our minds, the door of our hearts. And then the worries can't push through. The fear can't push through. It can't push through when I'm thinking about how good God is. It can't push through when I'm thinking about what God has done for me. It can't push through and change my mind when I think about all the promises God has kept in my life. You are good enough. You are perfect. So lock every thought out with that thought. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin or death. For what the law could not do in the day was weak through the flesh. God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. So, hey, things were good. Then we got kicked out of the garden. All right. We were told to be perfect with the law as our scorekeeper. We failed. The law revealed our imperfections but it also revealed the places where we need further instruction that's what tests do they try the truth against reality the law of moses tutored is for the test that we take in the law of christ the law of love for god and one another growing in that knowledge and obedience of the law of christ is to be in a perfect state so protect the door again no one is perfect and the devil is always trying to drop something into our minds, drop something into our hearts that will get us to open up to the things that he wants to let into our minds and hearts, the negative things that will start to tear us down and tear down what we're trying to build up for God. And so he'll get us into trying to, you know, be perfect, trying to focus on what did I do wrong and how and what, what do I need to do right? Instead of just loving one another and loving God and the spirit will lead you and guide you in that. You can walk in that. He's like the cuckoo butterflies. Cuckoo butterflies are like cuckoo birds, right? They don't want to uh, raise their young, right? They're too lazy for that. And so what they do is they attempt to have other species raise their young. 
So cuckoo butterflies will lay their eggs on a on a on a leaf, for example, and uh, the eggs will hatch. The larvae will fall into the path of ants, right? And the cuckoo butterflies are smart enough where they've evolved to copy the chemical scent given off by the ant larvae. So here come these marching ants and they march by and they smell an ant baby. They smell the chemical like substance. And so, you know, they, they can't see well, they, they rely on their smell, right? Sense of smell. And, and, and they say, well, hey, who left the baby out here? Somebody left an ant baby out here. Hey, we, let's pick it up and take it back to the colony. We'll find out whose baby it is when we get there. And they take this caterpillar larvae and they, larva, and they take it back to their, their, their colony. Now, this larva grows up next to their eggs, next to their larva. And this caterpillar butterfly is smart enough to not only let off the scent of a, a, an a ant from the colony, it lets off the scent of the queen. So this ant, this butterfly larva is now getting the priority treatment. It's getting fed queen's food. And when there's a shortage of food, it's fed, it's even sometimes fed the uh, ant eggs. And so this butterfly sits here getting fat, living off of, uh, of the ant colony, stealing its resources until it gets so big that the ants realize, hey, this is a butterfly. It's not an ant. I mean, I, I can't see, but I can see that this is no longer an ant. And the, the butterfly loses its ability to let off that that that, that larva uh, uh, chemical uh, smell. And the butterfly makes a dash for the door and usually makes it out because God has blessed them to have these scales and the ants bite away at them. And by the time he gets out, they've bitten through the scales, but not all the way through. And the butterfly survives. Long story, but the cuckoo butterflies are, are, are what the devil is trying to do in our lives. I mean, he'll see us on, you know, a path of righteousness. He'll see us, you know, walking a path with, with the Lord. And what he'll do is he'll try to put things like worry and doubt and fear and mistrust in our in our way. They'll just drop down from nowhere, right in the path. And then they'll look like things that, you know, we should pick up. They'll look like things that, you know, uh, we, we, we should investigate. You know, he'll, he'll, or he'll drop just sin in our way. He'll drop things that look like they are, are of God or things that, that we could do and that would have us prosper and nothing's wrong with those things. He drops things of the devil into the path that we're on when we're on the path of God. And then we pick these things up because he makes these things look like things of light. No wonder because the devil himself, he, he himself disguises himself as light. So he throws light in our way. It looks like light, but it's really darkness. We pick it up and we bring it into our minds and our hearts. We take these thoughts and we take these worries. We take these evil plans. We take these lusts. We take all these things not of God. We pick them up because the devil is dropping them down. And we think these are things for us. And as we bring them into our hearts and minds, they start to eat away at us. They start to take away from the things of God that we should be nurturing, that we should be building upon. And the next thing you know, we start to feel like these things that the devil has given us, he'll make them look like priorities. He'll make them look like they're the first thing we should do. And now we start doing these things over the things of God. And we don't recognize what that the devil has tricked us until sin it marches his own way all the way through uh, 
uh, temptation, through uh, enticing us, uh, through lust, drawing us away to some type of uh, death of a situation. Something breaks down in our lives. We lose something. Something happens that shows us, hey, that was the wrong path. So we got to watch out for the devil because he's like those cuckoo butterflies and he's trying to trick us and get into our hearts and get into our minds. He's trying to put these doubts and all these things in our, our heads. And, it, and so we, we can't fall for the disguise. We can't fall for the tricks of the devil. We have to put on the whole armor so that we can, again, quench these fiery doubt, darts. And, and not be like these ants, because these ants fall for these disguises. And they pick up the caterpillar, carry it back to the nest, and place it among their larvae as if it's one of our own. And we pick up these ideas from the devil. We pick up these evil things, and we put them in our hearts and our minds as if it's one of our own. And when we do this, when we allow doubts and worries about the promises of God to enter our minds and hearts, it robs us of our faith, joy, and peace. We end up seeking perfection. But perfection is in Christ. And seeking perfection outside of him, well, that's to deny the perfection he earned us through his death at the cross. And then being a perfectionist, people who are usually perfectionists believe that nothing they do is worthwhile unless it's perfect. Instead of being proud of progress or some hard work or something they learned or something, they're going to constantly compare their work to the work of others, or they're going to fixate on achieving some kind of flawless output. Even when people, even when people with perfectionistic traits get their desired results, they still are unsatisfied. They feel like if I was really perfect, I wouldn't have had to work so hard to achieve this. And sometimes people with a history of higher achievement, they'll feel like, okay, well, I got to keep this up. And that's how you see the kids who, you know, they praise for their accomplishments. And then they have all that pressure feeling like, well, I got to keep doing this all the way through my childhood. And they try they become perfectionists. So if you feel like you have these traits, <clears throat> just know that they can be changed. Because perfectionism is a trait that makes life an endless report card on accomplishments or looks. And you don't want to do that. Spend your entire life grading yourself. You want to spend your entire life knowing that you have been saved by Christ Jesus, that we are kings and queens, and we are peculiar creatures, that we are born again, and that you are a child of God. You want to stand on his word. You don't want Satan to feed off our fears of imperfection because he devours them with doubts and worries about being good enough. So press towards the mark. Just keep be like those perfectionists who desire growth and they enjoy being challenged and they problem solve and things like that. Those types of perfectionistic tendencies, those are strengths and not weaknesses because they understand when and where we're weak, we're weak that God is strong. So press towards the mark. How can you overcome perfectionism? Stop comparing yourself. Stop comparing yourself to others. And again, just do your best to present yourself to God as one approves, a worker who doesn't need to be ashamed, or who correctly handles the word of truth. That's perfection. That's maturing. 2 Timothy 2.15. Don't let the book of the law depart out of your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. And then you'll be able to do all the things that's written in there. If it's in your heart, you're not allowing it to be stolen by other things, then you make your way prosperous and then you have good success. At least that's what Joshua said in one and eight. You know, perfectionism, I have you uh, procrastinating, putting things off and everything else. You are good enough. You are perfect. You're like a sheet of paper. paper, And that's perfect, right? Perfect to write on. The reason it's perfect to write on is because it has so many flaws. If you take a, a what's that, a uh, uh, what do you call the thing? Uh, microscope. If you take a microscope 
a magnifying glass or a microscope and then you magnify a sheet of paper it's going to look like the rocky mountains it's going to look like the appalachian mountains it's going to be all these little mountains and rocky scars scars and, and everything it's not smooth like it looks it's not just this white sheet of paper it's not just this smooth paper that you write on it's really like you're just writing on gravel and everything else but it's so small and so tiny that we can't see it with our naked eyes but those flaws work so well on the paper because of the law of reflection the law of reflection says that when light strikes and hits an object at an angle it's going to bounce off at, at the at the same angle so it'll be like a v bounce it'll come in this way and it'll go off the same way in a, in a v in another direction so imagine all these different mountains and all these different raggedy uh, pieces of the paper, light striking it. That means the light is going in all directions. And so if I write on this piece of paper, that means my writing goes in all directions. That means that someone can see my writing on this piece of paper from any angle because the light is shining on the writing and it's bouncing off at every angle. And that's why paper is so good to write on because it allows us to write and you don't have to just hold it at one particular steady angle to read it. You can, you can turn it a little bit or, or move your head without losing your space. And that's what we are. We're good witnesses for Christ Jesus because we're flawed. And what he does is the light of God shines on our flaws. And because we have flaws in so many different places and so many different directions, and we're so flawed as a people, that the light of God shines from us and off of us in all different directions, striking people who normally wouldn't be able to see the light of God on us. But since it's coming at us off of all of these, these ugly things, these, 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 again, flaws that we have, then perfectly shining on others. And so that's the goodness of Christ Jesus in us, uh, us being flawed and him covering our flaws because it's his light. It's about Jesus Christ and it's not about us. It's about the light of God being reflected from us and not us. So we don't have to be upset with our flaws and say, oh no, my flaws are embarrassing. I'm ashamed of these flaws. Our flaws aren't what's the uh, uh being uh shown our, our flaws aren't the showcase the light of god jesus christ is the showcase so go ahead and shine 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 let your light shine what is your light his light shining off of you it's coming off and it's hitting your angle your flaw your imperfection and he's perfecting you in it by showing his perfection through your imperfection so reflect god from all you do and are and he will make it dazzling not you God is good and you are perfect, perfect in Christ. And seeking perfection outside of him and within yourself is denied the perfection he's earned for you through his death on the cross. The great purpose of salvation, the goal of the gospel, and the great desire of the Father is that man would be conformed to the image of his son, the only one who ever lived the perfect life. Romans 8.29, I didn't make that up. For he, for whom he did for no. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the first born among many brethren. So you are perfect. You are absolutely perfect. And you're following Jesus Christ to perfection. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. So you keep following them because you're his workmanship. You're created in Christ Jesus on the good works, which God had before ordained that you should walk in them. Ephesians 2, 10. So walk in him, for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. But we're perfected in him. 
Because if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You've been cleansed 2,000 years ago, and you are perfect today. I love you in the name of Jesus Christ. You're a vessel for Jesus Christ, and you continue to know always that you are good enough. Happy Sunday. Thanks for joining us today. I love you in the name of Jesus Christ. Join us on Sundays at New Jerusalem Baptist Church at 1130 Facebook Live. New Jerusalem Baptist Church, Detroit Facebook Live. Got a good sermon, great sermon for you every Sunday. And it's six o'clock, same place. New Jerusalem Baptist Church Facebook Live for a great Bible study. Wednesdays at six o'clock. Again, I love you in the name of Jesus. We'll be back this week for another podcast. We do two a week. Go to www.pastorstacysarton.com or go to Amazon to pick up the daily devotional. Happy Sunday, because every day is Sunday. The best devotional you will ever read. I love you. In the name of Jesus, peace, love, and happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. (laughs) Happy, Happy Sunday.